0: What's up, everybody? How you doing? And welcome back to another episode of Living Life Intently. This week's episode is a fun one. I finally tracked down these two guys that uh, I've only heard their names probably 100 different times over the last 10 years. Every time I express my interest of paddling around Cape Breton Island on a kayak, their names pop up because they did this trip uh, 10 years ago, I believe in 2011. So we sat down, chatted about how they got into it, why they decided to do it some of the stories uh, along the way and, and their favorite moments from that trip and then kind of just start talking about Cape Breton Island and tourism and venturing and all that sort of stuff. It was a really fun episode. I loved getting to meet these guys. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that we can get out on the water sometime soon and maybe recreate this route. Who knows? But uh, I was just pitching them ideas by the end of it. So it became more of a a Lee pitches ideas to people kind of chat. But um, before we jump into this podcast, I'm just going to let you guys know about a a new vlog and blog that we're putting out through livelifeintents.com through our main channels on our website. uh, And we are pushing it. Out on YouTube or trying to pair up a video with a blog, kind of diving deep into gear, um, hikes, different accommodations we like around the Cabot Trail, and all kinds of different things we get asked on a regular basis. If you want to check out that, head to LiveLifeInTents.com. I also want to mention that we're doing our annual preseason sale. Uh, that means you get ten percent off any glamping accommodations you book before the end of this month. So if you're looking to come to Cape Breton Island. And uh, you're on our website. We do have automated discounts that are on there right now. So if you book before the end of the month, you'll save yourself a couple bucks. And if you pair tubing, paddleboarding, kayaking, uh, or any of the guided hikes, it is also discounted by another 10%. So a great way to kind of come down to Marguerite chill out, and uh, hit up some adventures on, you know, on the same time frame, same thing, whatever I'm trying to say. Anyways, uh, follow us on socials at Live Life Intense and, and we'll jump into this podcast. Peace. But yeah, So we'll kick this podcast off. Thank you guys for uh, taking time into your day to sit down. It's, I have heard your names a few times from multiple different people because I've always uh, expressed interest in wanting to do... The trip that you guys did 10 as you're saying 10 years ago right now Ten which years in w- june yeah which yeah. was uh why don't you guys uh, well i'll let you guys introduce introduce yourself because i butcher it
1: every time i'm aj Fraser. <laughs> i ben fury yeah
2: and we were expedition cape breton
0: <laughs>
1: yeah 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 yeah. we did a cool trip back in 2011
0: yeah which was circumnavigating cape breton island yeah, yeah. there Left you go sydney and and back, you lo- Back to Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> that's where you started, right? In Sydney. Yeah. Sydney yeah. Harbor. Yeah. yeah. Right. So the government wharf. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and how, how, so how, it was back in 2000, you said 2011, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: 2011, where was I then? I think I was still partying like a maniac in Halifax and not doing any, I think that might have been the year. Yeah,
1: 2011
2: was the
0: the year we did the Cross the Highlands too. So it would have been that okay. same year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we there were was... also
1: partying like maniacs at the time too. <laughs> yeah. We were, yeah. Yeah. We uh, did a
2: little bit of training, but
0: it's like yeah. any good Cape Breton adventure guy exactly. it's mostly just drinking and then uh, <laughs> and then you just push through <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like every big uh, big trip I've ever been on the night before everybody wants to sleep and then there's a good piss up I think about two hours of sleep I think last year we did um, the uh, we did across the highlands last winter it was the first year we did it as a business and then the night before we got one hour sleep all the guys were in the hot tub till like four in the morning at cap yeah i don't think we
1: got a ton of sleep when we first went off to we planned a ton of stuff out and we like did a you know a a bunch of prep work but you get up to these things and it actually doesn't matter if you're gonna party or not you know i don't find i'm getting like 10 hours sleep before i'm about to head out on something for a couple of days right you know
0: so just pull that turn that mic up towards your mouth it's really iffy like something like that there we go oh
2: how's this that's good. All
0: right. That's the difference. That one's just really. I noticed that one from from when we do the pokey chips one. But, but anyways, yeah. So let's wheel it back a little bit. What? How long did it take you guys to plan it? And when did you guys kind of dream up the plan of doing around the Cabot Trail? Was it like Thanksgiving drinking, having fun, shooting the shit, pitching ideas like it all good ideas? It wasn't
1: but, that long? It was no, no. And actually, you know, a couple so, months. So we're talking about ten years ago. Uh, having a hard time remembering exactly when we came up with it, but. Um, I think it was originally something, you know, I had been thinking about for a little while and then I think, you know, with these trips, like, you know, the person you go with makes or breaks the trip. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Right. And so, uh, you know, Ben and I were spending a ton of time together at that point. We were paddling together actually a lot. We were doing a Canoing. bunch of, yeah, not a lot of canoe river trips just around CBRM and stuff. Yeah. And the Marguerite, you know, yeah. a couple of times and then, um. You know, when I, I thought, okay, I can get the time off, I can do this thing, I asked Ben if he wanted to and uh you was game. Yeah.
2: I was I think just playing music and teaching music at the time. <laughs> so it was and easy for me the, to the get way, a month.
1: Ben had never kayaked at that point.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You're one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, lots of canoeing, but like, I think maybe I'd been in a kayak once or twice. Yeah. Uh-huh. And
1: I had been guiding. Like, I was a kayak guide at the time. I used to work for Angelo. Oh, did Spinazzola. you? Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So yeah. I, uh, I was at West for a little while. Yeah. About three years. And then when I moved back home, I wanted to get into outdoor adventure stuff. It's just like, this is what I, I was training for at West and all that. And, um, so I was working for somebody was like, you have to meet Angelo Spinozola. You know, he's the guy that you should go meet <laughs> right now. And so I met with Angelo and I worked with him for three summers. And, uh, then we we're getting primed up to do this thing. So yeah.
0: Did you guys grow up doing all that stuff? Like doing kind of adventuring, paddling stuff or is kinda of something you guys just fell into over time.
1: Fell
2: into for me. I mean, I was always outside fishing and stuff like that. Yeah. Not like adventure, you know, nothing on the water really. Yeah.
1: My family hiked, you know. We yeah. didn't we didn't do any yeah. like adventure stuff. They weren't uh just like a lot of swimming and all that Cape Breton stuff you Yeah, do. yeah. Um but then a friend of mine invited me to you know she told me I should go out west as a counselor to work at the Tim Horton Children's Ranch oh yeah
3: yeah which was
1: <laughs> you know so this is like sure why not that sounds great so that summer I went out and when I got there they had this really cool setup for the kids it was amazing it's an amazing camp but they had um all of the kids would do rock climbing whitewater rafting they would do like a horseback overnight yeah and then they'd hike a mountain um you know a small mountain but yeah. they'd hike a mountain and these are kids from like they're inner city Toronto. They're from up north. They're from everywhere. And so we'd fly in and pick these kids up, bring them to Alberta, Kenanaskis. And so as a counselor, the thing that took me was the adventure stuff. Yeah. And uh, so the next summer, I was like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be a guide. In Cape Breton? No. Oh, out, just there. out, out West, there. yeah. Okay, so yeah, I came yeah. back out West and was a rafting guide. Oh
0: there you go. It's yeah. always I'm always curious to see where everybody starts everybody's a little bit different like, you know, I interviewed a friend of mine 2 weeks ago, um Dave Green who does these crazy expeditions and I think I probably asked him how we got to start before but we were always, you know, drinking and having fun and shooting the shit and stuff. So I never really remember but it was good to actually sit down with him and and chat about it and he got into it just randomly as a kid, you know, because of partying in the woods and stuff and and then, you know, I had a whole different upbringing, which was like in Marguerite and like backpack on my back since I was like five. And it's either like you do it or you don't. We're in the middle of the woods. So you're, I'm not carrying your backpack for you. It's yours now. Right. Yeah, like yeah. that sort of shit. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, that's where I came from. So it's always very interesting to see the why people get into doing things. And it's, I
1: mean, you know, people get into it for like, Internal reasons too, you know. They oh, yeah. ha- they have to do it, or they're sometimes I've met people who are running from stuff, and so they really get into the outdoors yeah. thing, right? And they just, just want to be lost in the woods.
0: Yeah, just move that that focus to something a little more positive. Yeah, mm. totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know a few guys like that.
1: Yeah, I used to live with a, um, a buddy out west who he he had this like crazy background story, and he was a like a, a drug dealer for the Hell's Angels, and I think it was Toronto, and he was just. Uh, absolutely nuts, like a, a really rad guy. And when he got in, when he found the outdoor adventure stuff, he went all in on it. And uh, there's no one crazy. He used to go on these like month long backpacking trips with youth at risk out in northern BC and stuff. He'd have to bring a gun with him because the bears. And, uh, yeah. <sighs>
0: Uh, I don't know if I'd do that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot more intense. I mean, than I would we did. No, yeah, I exactly. would do it. I would exactly. do it by myself. Yeah. I mean, I would do it myself and friends. Yeah. I wouldn't do it with. Like, so let's kids. tell you about a
1: much milder trip. <laughs> yeah, let's get yeah.
0: back to this. So I'm, I'm curious. So you guys started in Sydney. How long did it take you guys to do the whole trip? Did, was it like, uh, did you guys plan for a certain time and you kind of hit that time or
2: cool. pretty much? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we planned out three or four legs, yeah. and it was 21 days.
0: It was, yeah. yeah. How many kilometers do you think you guys did in a day?
1: It varied. Some days you'd do like 20 kilometers. Uh, Our our first day, we ended up we were trying to make it from Sydney to Glace Bay. Yeah. And we made it as far as Dominion because the water or because the the a storm came in, and then we had to camp out in Dominion for what two days?
2: For two days, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. First day was cold (laughs) and fog and rain. We
1: felt like absolute failures. We're like that's it, we're done. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Even the camping part, we we pitched the tent on the beach. And put, the, put a tarp underneath his tent. Yeah. Just filled up with water. We yeah. were just totally <laughs> <Yeah>. soaked. <laughs> Absolutely soaked. And we got saved by Kenny Boone.
1: Yeah. He Ken- took, us, took us into his house. Kenny Boone's an artist. Okay. And uh, at a Dominion, he's a, yeah. a brilliant uh, uh, watercolorist. And so yeah. we went across the street from the beach and we knocked on our friend Victor's parents' door because <laughs> I knew his, you know, Vic Basically and, Vic, like Vic like and Norm lived there. And we were like, ah, oh, can you. Um, we got to charge our phone and we're freezing. <laughs> and uh, can you call Kenny? <laughs> and so like, yeah. Kenny came and picked us up. Everything I own is soaked. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you did the, you
0: did clockwise, eh? Clockwise around Cabot Trail. Or Cabot Trail. Fuck. I'm so used to answering that question. That's the first thing on top of my head whenever I say yeah, clockwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but around the uh, Cape Breton. That,
3: Excellent. That was, yeah. that was
1: intentional too. It was intentional? It was intentional. So we had talked to some people at that time, um, some fishermen and some paddlers. There was a Zach Cruz Uh, I forget what band he was in, but he was this guy, he had done the trip before. Okay. Yeah. So somebody said, call Zach. So we called up Zach and and he'd said, yeah, you know, do it this way. He said, the time you're going, you're going to be getting good, you know, currents and wind and all this. And when
0: did you, when did you guys go? What time of year?
1: June. So we left June June 6th. 6th. Yeah. Yeah. June 6th. And then the other, the other thing about doing it in June was that that's when all of the fishermen are out, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, we had an, umbre- an umbrella of yeah. safety the whole time. <laughs> so if you're going to do the trip,
1: right, like you've got, you know, just Coast Guard auxiliary all around the island the whole time, six six days a week. Um, so if you got into some trouble, like there's going to be a boat there immediately. If you did it in August, September, yeah. maybe not so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're, that's, I think that's what Angela was, was suggesting doing it in the summer too. Because I was looking at, uh, we wanted to do a similar trip. Um, and Like I said before, we were we we're ch- just chatting about it. And, I like to do things in the fall because that's when shit's slow for me, Um, but everybody was like, no, 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 you want June. Do it in June.
1: Also, I mean, like these these villages and stuff all around the island, they kind of come alive around then too. Yeah. You've got people working in the fish plants and there's people on the wharfs and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you've got people to like ask for stuff, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, we had this
2: one trick. We would empty all of our water. As soon as we got to shore. <laughs> and when we got to shore, and then we'd go, go out knock, knock, them knock them on door. a random door and say, We well, have no water. And <laughs> usually they would take us in for tea. And, <laughs> yeah,
0: it was Can't really nice. So we got, got to meet a,
1: a ton of people. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, crazy.
0: Yeah. And did you, uh, you pulled out a notebook. Is this your, your journal from <laughs> yeah, that whole trip? Is, is, is it? Yeah. This no shit.
2: Yeah. And we were right. It was June 6th. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so 21 so, days. <laughs> yeah.
0: What was one of, like, that's a, what's that side of the island like? Because I, like, I've explored the west coast the or west side of the island like just growing up there um and i haven't gotten over the side of the island much at all
1: so
2: we were we were pretty terrified or i was anyway of like manidoo lewisburg going around that part because you know the waters can be
0: pretty
1: rough i'm reading a book that
0: uh, treasure hunter's book um by robert mckinnon about okay, all the wrecks, know. though, right? So it's a guy lives in here, right? Yeah, but he is if this, these
1: if these seasoned guys who do it for a living can't can't make it, you know, and they're crashing their the boats on shore. Yeah,
0: yeah. this is like a, yeah, a guy it's scuba dive found all these this this treasure troves all around Cape Breton Island yeah. on like shipwrecks, but that was like where he was from that area, Manado area. Yeah, that's what this book like the whole first half is all talking about how many ships got wrecked out there. Oh yeah, so,
1: somebody <laughs> told me once one of these coves off of uh, uh, Manado, right at Scattery Island, one of the coves. I guess I think there was like a all munition ship that crashed. Yeah. yeah, there yeah. was like a munition ship that crashed. Mm-hmm. And so it spilled out all the cannonballs and, and the, all the shot and all that sort of stuff. And just like in every other beach, it like sifts through and you get the the sand up towards the, you know, the shore and yeah. all the bigger stuff falls to the bottom. Apparently, this is what it had done for all the cannonballs and stuff, too. <laughs> it was really neat. Yeah. We learned a bunch of weird, random stuff like that.
0: Mm hmm. How, yeah so that side of the island's a little bit tricky, eh
2: yeah, it turned out not to be not to be as bad, not to be bad though <clears throat> yeah aside from the the storm right off the bat and in <laughs> in Dominion there, yeah, but once that passed, we left Dominion and went to Homeville, just outside Duncan, yeah, and then picked our way down towards Lewisburg. Yeah. and it was calm and this eerie like eerie calm the water looked like yeah like mercury it's really and it was foggy yeah. but you could sort of see the sun coming through the through the fog and it was beautiful
1: yeah it was really beautiful and like yeah exactly calm i remember that like although you know you would be paddling along the shoreline sometimes and you're hearing these crashing waves yeah you can't see it right there's lots of times you're paddling you can't see 20 30 feet in front yeah. of you so you're only kind of going off of what you can hear oh you know that's crashing on my right-hand side. I guess we're going in the right direction. You
0: know? <laughs> and you guys a lot you said you did it didn't what three legs, four legs, three, legs, three legs. Three. And did you allot just so much time per each leg? Uh,
1: I think that was the idea. So we had like, we had drops, right? We were going to get people to come and drop off food supplies and stuff in different places. And, um, those were sort of timed out. And then, you know, after a while it started shifting a little bit, although I think we did pretty good. So yep. the days that we missed kilometers, we ended up making them up like a day or two later, which is really great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Did you time it by like tides? Do you look at, you, at any point where you guys kind of going against the tide or is that kind of the time of year you guys chose where everything
2: was kind of working in your favor? we well, not tied, really but current. Liked. I meant current, not tides, but yeah, yeah, we kind of like learned about the currents along the way, sort of. <laughs> I never thought about the current. I thought about wind and yeah, time of day, like yeah. Leave yeah. early, early morning and yeah. get yeah. off the water by noon. I kind of thing or a little later, but
0: But as somebody that, yeah, just, you know, you just, somebody just jumped in a kayak and haven't done much like sea kayak, like me, I would never have thought
2: of anything like that. Yeah, you don't think of that on the the river. Until
0: you're in it and you're like, fuck, I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. (laughs) Like the
2: first time I felt the swells out in Duncan there. Crazy. uh, They were huge. Yeah. It's like you're just on this rolling.
0: It's, it's similar to like guys like i like i was just saying before and i was working offshore when we're diving guys that come over from southeast asia to work here the canadian guys that get mm-hmm. on jobs and they're not used to tidal waters and mm-hmm. they get out here and next thing you just see them like they're like those um uh what are they called like the the dust balls whatever in, in western movies right, yeah, yeah. yeah they just start rolling down you just see them going by you on the seabed because they don't know how to stay on the seabed so yeah
1: because i mean like a kayak too is a you know it's a it's a unique vessel because you're in the water. Um, you know, you're kind of sitting right here and then you're, you're down 15 feet and you've got these swells that are up over you and then you're up on top of them and you can see everything and then you're down and you're in them again. So it is a wild time, for sure.
0: Yeah, how did you get by with uh, flipping the kayak? Because I'm assuming that it happened quite a bit. No. no. Not at all? Didn't. No. Oh, no. really? We never, we never flipped. Once. I think I remember going out to Alvax Harbor and <laughs> I, I went know. out
2: for one kilometer and I flipped like five times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, I I flipped a couple times trying to get off a beach.
1: Right oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. But never go never in the water. Anytime we ever fell was in a you know, a ridiculous scenario, right? Just everything's easy and you're not paying attention. Yeah, that's when you go in.
0: So what was one of the, the um the best memories and the crazy stories of the trip? Was there any? Oh man. There must have been many. It's
1: tons. tons. Yeah, there's a ton. What yeah. was
0: okay, what's the let's narrow it down? What's the favorite? What's each of your favorites part what? of the trip?
2: The for me the Like the scariest moment Like the most epic Yeah, yeah Kind of moment of the trip was uh, Just So we had left Meat Cove And paddled across Bay St. Lawrence Super calm, beautiful Ate lunch in White Point And we left White Point And as soon as we went around the the point The wind picked up And it was like 60-ish kilometer headwinds (laughs) Like going an inch You know it was awful. It, 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 was, it was terrible. It was so hard. Yeah. And there was swells, 8 to 10 foot swells coming broadside from the ocean.
1: And that shoreline stretch from White Point all the way to Neil's Harbor. It's just rock. It's just it should, rock. And like huge boulders, right? So yeah, you if you're going to get out, you're going to break your leg. Yeah. Right? And then you might go in the water. So we couldn't risk that. So we just had to keep going. And so the swells were gigantic. The wind was just crazy. And, and Ben's, uh, his uh, kayak. My spray what's it? skirt. Yeah, his spray skirt. It was taking on more water. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it was taking on more water than mine was. And so like Ben just kind of kept filling up and then we'd have to raft up. We'd have to kind of, you know, pump his boat out a little bit. Uh, yeah, that and
2: happened three times. I was full right to, right to my waist. Yeah. Totally Jesus. full, just like sinking and bobbing around. Yeah. And I was, I was getting pretty, pretty worried because I, it kept happening. Just waves were crashing in on the side. Yeah. And AJ, would, like you said, raft up. We'd bilge it out, keep going. Like inch and inch and inch and along.
1: People ask us like if, you know, were you really scared at any point in the trip? And there was like a couple of points where it was hairy. Yeah. But that time I was actually really very worried. Yeah. You know, we were in a mm-hmm. bad, bad scenario there.
0: Yeah. There's a point where you kind of, you realize that i have been a few of them where you're just like, you don't, you don't like notice it until like you just click into it and you're like, fuck, I'm in it yeah Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah, no
1: and there's no way like you know there's no way that you can get through this until you paddle out of it yeah right so it's just you know and everything goes away right you just get this kind of tunnel vision and you're focused on that one task and in this particular scenario the one task was like let's not die we can't die (laughs) yeah what a stupid thing to die for (laughs) it took me a while to get into that
2: tunnel oh did it because because my boat was filling up i remember a few times telling you AJ, that I was, I'm going in. Like, I don't care if there's boulders over there on the shore. I'm I'm going because my arms were exhausted. Like, yeah. I've never been that tired before. But yeah, it was the very end of that pulling into the Niels Harbor. Uh, there was, <laughs> so there was cliffs. And there was a shoal about 20 feet off. Yeah. Another one about 20 feet off that, and then another shoal that was that was pretty deep. I so forgot about this. like the safest. "Quote," you know, <laughs> way to go would have been around that outside shoal because there would be no rocks or anything like that. But it was really far out and the water was crazy, so we we decided to just split split it and go yeah. in between these two. And we had to time The, the swells would come in and like pure <laughs> white water, like raging white water in between these two shoals. But then it would calm down a little bit, so we were just floating there, like you know, in the way, in just, the just way, waiting for it. I don't know if you've ever done
1: it. like some white water like rafting or, or no, stuff on no. rivers, you do you got to like wait for these swells for the perfect time and then it's like all right go time and then you're in and then hopefully you're getting through it yeah
2: <laughs> that's what it was and that was the tunnel for me because i was totally exhausted and then as soon as we said go yeah. i had all the energy in the world and it was just yeah poof, we just <laughs> threw it we got in aj <laughs> took a wave on the side i remember right in the middle in between the two shoals yeah. and like you know almost almost yeah. took you yeah and then turned around the corner into Neal's Harbor and totally calm.
3: Yeah.
1: I swear to God, the <sighs> the whole, the sky just kind of opened up. Everything was fine. Yeah. Awesome. And there was, <laughs> there was some people working in and around because there's a fish factory there, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so there's people just kind of walking around and but the boats had long since come in that day. Um, and yeah, they, they were off the water. Yeah. No, they, no fish in there. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they they just weren't, us. <laughs> just us. Yeah no safety net um and then so we got in and i remember ben and i just like we we threw our paddles in the air and just wow you know screamed as loud as we could and you got these people are just like what the fuck are these guys saying you know
2: coming in in out of the raging ocean into this yeah
1: yeah they were eating
2: lunch how many beers
0: you drink that
3: day
1: i think we got pretty drunk there (laughs) this is actually that was one of the fun of the story yeah that was one of the funnest days possible
3: was it oh yeah man so
1: answer. the, uh, <laughs> come on, do tell <laughs> the fish. The fish factory um, it employs a lot of people from Newfoundland, yeah, and notably one guy from Sydney Mines. I'm from Sydney Mines. Okay, so whenever I find another Sydney miner or Fraser, like you, <laughs> I'm like stoked. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we we get there and um, we ask somebody. Ben, you can correct me here. We ask somebody, you know, is there is there a place we can stay? You know, is there a motel or something we can stay in or an inn? Is there a place to get food? And they were like, well, let's bring you up and talk to the manager. So they bring us upstairs, introduce us to the manager of the fish plant. And, uh, everybody was so nice. They were just absolutely incredible. And they took us in. And so he said, Oh, I'm going to, you know what? Inns have closed down by now. There's no place to really stay. There's no accommodation. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go and talk to some people. You guys stay here, dry off, charge your phones, do what you got to do. And, you know, once again, everybody at the plant was awesome. He took off, come back, came back, I don't know, an hour later, a half hour later, something like that. Yeah, maybe. And um, <laughs> said, well, I don't really have something for you yet. Let's go and get you guys some food. So he took us in his vehicle out to the chowder house. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah there, yes. Right. Which is owned yeah. by the, the fishermen's co-op, I think. So that was oh, op- it. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a part of this whole operation.
2: And it was closed.
1: So he got there and it was closed, <laughs> yeah. but he went inside, talked to the people who work in the kitchen that were cleaning everything up and explained the, their story. And so like, yeah, yeah, come on inside. <laughs> and they fed us, you know, burgers, I think it was. And it was just, it was really, really nice. And so then he took mm-hmm. off again to find a sub spot. And I guess he went and talked to the workers, the workers who all stayed in bunk houses. So these people like live mostly in Newfoundland. And when they come over, they'll just stay in these, Bunk houses that are pretty like close a, to the factory. like a hostel,
2: and yeah, a bunch yeah. of bunk beds, yeah, just like a yeah. hostel.
1: <laughs> and he he went and talked to them all and said, you know, we've got these two kayakers. They seem like nice guys, you know. I don't think they're <laughs> they're awful or whatever. Uh, would you mind if they took a couple of these free bunks? And everybody was like, no, sure, no problem. And so they let us in, and, and we uh, got drunk with a bunch of Newfoundlanders. <laughs> it was
2: awesome. There's plant workers, yeah. Uh, and the, that one guy, I remember him yeah. from from Mort, like south coast Newfoundland, yeah. He's kind of our our buddy, yeah, our, our bunk <laughs> our bunk buddy,
1: our bunk buddy, yeah. And then uh, we ate lobster. We ate lobster. They made all this <laughs> lobster on the on the wharf.
2: Yeah. There you go.
0: And you can't you can't get those stories anywhere else other than doing this stuff, eh?
1: Yeah. No, no. And I don't think anywhere else but Niels Harbor either. And yeah, it
0: makes maybe, it that yeah, yeah. much more um, that much more. I guess it's it's that much more tasty. Like that whole story. Like if you just you know happened upon Niels Harbor and met these guys, it just you know would been just another kind of mm-hmm. bump in the road. But <laughs> right. Having to slave through all that stuff and and like almost face death and then get in there and yeah. and be able to yeah be babied yeah tie so. a nice one on and yeah and yeah. then you know celebrate not dying for one absolutely <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah
1: yeah so that was that was uh like uh definitely like a low light and a huge highlight I think it's mm-hmm. probably one of the most memorable times there was a time when we were crossing Gabrus um, Bay and. uh, we started out pretty early on and instead of going into shore, we just, we were going to go from point to point and cross the whole thing. And by the time we get out midway, um, so at this point, I think you're probably about three kilometers from any shore. You know, it's like, it's pretty far. Okay. And, uh, we got out there, the winds picked up again. Um, and it, no matter how hard we tried, no matter how you know fast we tried to paddle and, and just slog through, we were not making much way. that was on a Sunday. So we're like, Oh my God. But there happened to be a family out on a fishing boat. So this, you know, this, uh, this fishing couple, they decided to take the grandpa and their kids and everything out on the Sunday. And, um, so they, they pull over to us and yell down, you know, are you guys doing all right? How's it going? We're like, oh yeah.
3: We're, we're, we're okay. We're fine. <laughs> you know, ask him asking, asking, right asking what, what we're
1: doing. We're like, oh, we're you know, kayaking ran yeah. the island. We were raising money for the um the Atlanta burn camp. We're and yelling this from our guy. Yelling, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah. Through and, through the wind. Wind. and uh so we said, Do you want to, you know, do you want to get out of the boat and we'll we'll take you across? And Ben and I, like, I don't know, idiots. It worked out well. But we we're like, no, we're actually like we're like really trying to paddle the whole thing you know like we can't
0: but this is like the early part of the trip right this is yeah like This isn't end. the first Day like it, four al- or five. it exactly. already it,
1: yeah. by the way though it already felt like it was five years by that point <laughs> yeah. in time um so we're like we're well, now we're gonna try and paddle the whole thing and he's like hmm okay well what if i just tow you <laughs> and he's like i can tow you like into the shore and then you guys can kind of keep paddling the lee. yeah and uh so ben and i looked at each other like yeah, we can do that. And so he dropped a couple of lines down and tied our kayaks to the back of his fishing boat. And uh, then he and just... And we
2: hooked up the GoPros to oh, the yeah, front yeah. of the kayaks. We got them all set up.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we got the, the GoPros going. And then he just started towing us in. And I mean, he must have not have been going fast at all but for us it felt like we were whiteboarders crazy and so you know you're doing the whole thing where you're surfing and you're sort of like hitting the crests and all that sort of stuff and (laughs) yeah and actually the uh the there was like a funny thing that happened i was looking at the back of the boat and the name of the boat was still moving and grooving no, just, no, I was shit. Like, just looking for that. Yeah, no yeah. Still
0: moving and grooving.
1: Still yeah. moving and grooving. Yeah. <laughs> They're a nice uh, big French family, nice Acadian family. Yeah.
0: It's crazy how like, oh, those little moments like that, you look at it and you're like, that's, you know, that seems like it's meant to be, that whole sign. You're like yeah, hooked totally, up. Uh, you're just totally. like, no, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I want. And then you just look ahead of you and there's the end of the boat and it's still moving and grooving while you're yeah. coasting on. Still yeah, would yeah, have been
1: wait. an awesome kayak trip without that, but like, <laughs> come on.
2: Yeah, you don't pass up getting towed behind a fishing boat
0: no
1: i can't say that i've been towed behind a fishing boat since i probably won't be (laughs) so
0: yeah have you guys ever thought about it's coming up to the 10-year anniversary you've probably been asked this quite a bit uh well maybe not but i would assume that you would have you ever thought about doing it as like the 10-year anniversary and doing it again
2: not as the 10-year anniversary yeah people have asked me if i'd do it again and i think i would
1: yeah yeah I'd do it again.
2: It would be a lot harder now to find the time to do it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, as things go, that's that.
1: Ben and I both have uh, uh, two young ones each and uh, you know, it is, it's hard to peel away, especially for three weeks. Yeah. I'd always said we should not not should have. It would have been nice and we still could do it to do the like St. Peter's all the way up to Black Rock. So do through through the Bedore Lakes. So we kind of like build this thing as Expedition Cape Breton and this was every shore 2011 I think the idea at the time was that we were gonna do these every year. And we didn't <laughs> want. I know. Yeah. Um, but but you know, to do to do the, you know, bredor it'd be like a lot easier. You could take your time and do it in a week, you know what I mean? Have a nice relaxing time and just have friends join you on the beach and stuff. So that'd be cool. But I would like to do the circumnavigation again.
0: Yeah, it's something that's been on my list for a long, long time. And I think I remember when you guys did it. Um, and you guys had some like feature in CBC or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. fuck, somebody just did it. I like, God damn it. It's <laughs> that yeah. so like young ego wanting to do it. You think you're the first one, but yet you just told me that someone well, else
3: it yeah. was the did same it before. Us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. By the way, Zach Kroos, I mentioned him earlier when he did it. And I'm just remembering this now. He did it in an open boat canoe. And when Jesus. we were talking to yeah, him, we were like, wild. is it, uh, is it, is it hard? Is it doable? Zach said, oh yeah, man, it's, it's awesome. It's a great warm up for Newfoundland because then he went on and did Newfoundland
0: and an open canoe.
1: Yeah. Uh, I know he did Cape Breton in an open boat canoe. Uh, I'm pretty sure he did Newfoundland too, but yeah, it was a uh, pretty nuts. And I think he did, uh, he might've done one from like Ottawa to Halifax or something. That was a big river trip too, I think. Mm.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's amazing how many people that, that since the last like five years since, you know, us getting into it and we kind of lean into like the whole social media side obviously to promote the business but through that i've gotten you know a lot of feedback from people wanting to do the next like more kind of like that that the usual progression when it comes to doing stuff outside it's like yeah oh, we're gonna do you know you know franny's a big mountain to climb and the next thing it's like well fuck i'm gonna like do Paul's cove or yeah. now i'm gonna do seawall or yeah. i want something crazier and yeah. it's been this progression especially this year i found i found that it's kind of like exponentially or brought that up even quicker, like that kind of like want to do more, um, more advanced stuff from intermediate to advanced stuff has has kind of brought that to the forefront, more, like a lot faster than it would have. Like this whole year, mm-hmm. I've seen or had uh, so much more interest in doing like multi-day as us, you know people asking like, hey, are you doing the Kylan trip in the winter, snowshoe yeah. trip? Are you doing yeah. this? Are you doing that? I'm like, yeah, kind of. We're doing it now just to gather content for next year. But um, but even with Parks Canada. Um, and people I talk in tourism, there's been a huge, huge push for yeah. the next kind of like more like intermediate to advanced stuff.
1: We need to invest awesome. as an Island in adventure tourism and, and, and not yeah. this is like a, we people are investing. I know there's people that are doing, yeah. um, you guys are, especially you've, you've made huge strides. And then there's also, you know, mountain biking, there's the ski hill, you know, when smoky, you know, gets up and going, right. There's so many offshoots, yeah. you know, of, of, of what can happen there but um yeah paddling i think is still you know the multi-day trip stuff angel's been doing that for years and uh you know i am curious to see like is this going to pick up more and more you've seen Paulette's cove as a hiking destination yeah just oh but what like an amazing paddling destination it's a yeah it's even it is, it so is the, amazing paddling. it was
0: like i was on um i was on i can't remember if it was i think it was google trends so i have like i have a system where i start looking up um search trends and then I look up keywords that are being it's all for just website SEO shit. So I just kind of do my legwork in the off season and find what works. But mm-hmm. I was searching hiking. So you can uh, Google excuse me, Google uh trends, you just search like uh, a topic within a region and it tells you what's trending and what's the top search queries and that not so yeah. much keywords, but like yeah. what topics are being searched the most. And so hiking in Nova Scotia, Paul is. so they have rankings for like breakout and they'll tell you how much, but that was like like crazy this year. And uh, and the issue with it for doing tours there is that it's uh, privately owned. Um, buddy from Pleasant Bay owns it, and you have to as a as a private business you have to have technically landowner's approval to do it, and that's probably why Angelo stopped doing it there. I would assume maybe there wasn't an interest in doing it because I know Angelo is. This year i talked to him and he's sticking to his like half day tours and i find a lot of people are doing that yeah um it's been kind of like when i was growing up that's how i met Angela actually i was in Palitz cove i was like 13 14 years old we went in for four days or five days and we built a raft of the driftwood and we had found an anchor of all things like a shitty old dinghy stealing yeah, right sure. so we found it on the shore tied that with a bunch of old rope that we just threaded together paddled this raft that was barely floating like it was moving around like this with this shitty old bucket we'd been out for like three days we we're jigging mackerel like 300 feet offshore we just mm. pushed this raft out and i would look behind me and there's these kayaks coming in and uh they get closer and closer and closer and the first one pulls up And it's this guy, and he's like, what are you guys doing out here? We're like, fuck, we're jigging mackerel. There's three of us, and we're all dirty. We've got one guy's got a loincloth on. I don't have a shirt on. And and we're sitting there. And uh, he's like, oh, you know, you're going to be in heaven tonight because we've got like a whole class of these girls that are like your age that are coming here on a tour so it's angelo with like, oh, a, of
3: like yeah. a
0: girls with trip
2: american volleyball team or something like yeah it was something <laughs>
0: crazy so we we're like these kids like starving He goes, come over to our campsite tonight so then we we're hanging out there all night just two 13 14 year old kids hanging out <laughs> well, that's the first time i met angelo was in there but yeah over the last couple of years they've them and then there's the capital adventures i, I know they're do more i probably they do a little more multi-days but um yeah, I really want people to start bringing that back here because I think there is a lot more interest in it. It's just the, the manpower. It's just like you physically need and to be there doing it. And,
1: and, and you need, you know, there's, there's some, for other sports, there's infrastructure pieces you need. And, you know, it's stuff like having proper maps or doing the stuff like you guys are doing, social media, right? People, yeah. not everybody wants to go to a place that they're not entirely familiar with. Yeah. They want something, right? Oh, I know that this person went and, and did that thing, right? I can do that now. So you know th- that stuff builds and builds on itself over time, not not without labor. Like you guys are putting oh, the work in. Oh, dude, it's in.
0: like it's it, that's the one thing about we tr- try to as a business we were like avoiding doing any guided stuff, simply because it was me, my brother, and then one other employee. So we didn't to do all the stuff we couldn't. That's why I like the tubing, you just throw people on a river, float down the river, pick them up at the end. You have like two hours in between. You can do mm. do things. Um, Whereas, like, Jeremy with paddle boards, with Angelo, it's like you have to physically be there. Yeah. And, like, with the big push, there is a big push in tourism for adventure, adventure side of things. Really, like, push that in, you know, Cape Breton, for one, is doing, you know, a, 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 the tourism here is doing a really good job. And that's, like, one of their top top priorities. Yeah. Um, Nova Scotia tourism is also pushing it. But there's a lack of, like... Man, there's a lack of people to work to do things, like train people to work. And that's yeah. one of the – they want to push it, but there's no infrastructure here for um, for us or for anybody to find guides because mm. people need to live and people need to make a living. So three months of the year, you got to pay somebody some good money yeah. to keep them.
3: Yeah,
1: totally. So
0: yeah. I don't know. That's a that's predicament that we're it can, in.
1: It can be a transient business people move in and out of it right if they're guiding especially. yeah I,
0: I like that part of it too but you, you know if you got to retain some people we're lucky to retain some people over the years young guys that grew up in burglary but
1: yeah and the programs too like the you know the programs that teach people how to do this stuff are mostly out west now there's paddle exactly. canada right yeah. so you've got blair uh, what's Blair's yeah. last name? uh doyle. doyle doyle blair yeah. doyle he teaches the paddle canada stuff and you got alan mcdougall now i think is doing paddle canada courses um the kayak stuff but you know i went to mount royal uh, out in Alberta, the ecotourism program there. And there was College of the Caribou, which I forget is what it what it's called now. But these programs, you can take them in Alberta and westward. Yeah. And we don't actually have, you know, post-secondary here and around this place. Yeah. And I think that that does have a lot to do with it, right? Universities, I work at a university, so <laughs> but they they do help build yeah. culture and they can bring a lot more um I think, like, a lot more planning sometimes and money and and for funders, like, a a certain level of seriousness to a sector. And so if it's something that we seriously want to develop in Nova Scotia or the Atlantic provinces, you know, it would behoove us to say, like, why why doesn't NSCC start to do some sort of program around, you know, adventure guiding? Exactly. right?
0: Yeah. We were trying to, like, like with this backcountry stuff, uh, specifically speaking about the winter stuff. Over the last like two years. So, when we did a trip last year, that was kind of like a trial run for us. And we, we like had wrote a whole report to use for parks because they're, it, it's last year they got a, a big increase in uh, interest in doing back, like skiing, like backcountry skiing and cross country skiing, and all that sort of stuff in the park. But there's nothing really set in place for permitting and and manage all that stuff um so a part of what we did last year was develop like you know we gave them a report and i know they've got people that are allocated to positions to try to figure out this permitting system for the parks they want to open in the wintertime but we're trying to say hey well there needs to be I, I highly doubt that you're going to have the staff on board to do you know, guide people back to backcountry. You'll staff on board if you're opening to like permit people and, you right. know, do the normal stuff you guys normally do, but why don't you allocate or just have like a, a minimum requirement for training for guides that are certified to go backcountry. So if, yeah. say, you apply for, um, you know, a group to go Do like this four-day snowshoe trip. You have to prove that you have the experience to do it. You've got wilderness
1: 1st aid training. You have, you know, some sort of survival course. You've got all that sort of stuff. And if you
0: don't, then you have to hire like us as a guide because then you can, you know, negate some of that. You don't have to do all that training. You have the guides that have all the training. We're not going
1: to have to send a helicopter in for you. Yeah, because you know? that's what mm-hmm. it is
0: back there, man. Oh man, fuck. <laughs> we had some stories <laughs> you, last year. You
1: had, a, you had a good time. Yeah,
0: we just it was very eye awakening. That it always is on those trips. It's like you know you jump in the kayak for the first time. There's definitely mm-hmm. things that you didn't know, and you're like at the end of the trip, probably like I'm going to note that. This is probably what's in the notebook. Be like next time, don't fucking be an idiot <laughs> and do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Plan for this. Well, that was the same thing as last year. Like doing it with friends is one thing, but doing it with like people that are paying to do it. And then want the experience is a completely other thing that like, mm. there was a lot of takeaways from last year and it was mostly gear wise. That was, that was the biggest thing that we needed to oh watch yeah. out for, yeah. especially in the wintertime too. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah. summer you can get by with like fucking Canadian tire tarps and shit. Yeah. It's a wintertime. It's a whole different beast. It's a whole different ball game. That's why we had some frostbite. So. Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. You know, we we're drinking whiskey in a hot tub, not in a hot tub, in a bathtub, warming everybody's feet up wow. until like three in the morning. Yeah. So, hopefully, yeah. you
1: only have to learn that lesson once.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was like the guides that got it most, but huh. uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, no, it,
1: I, I I I killed the feeling in my feet for it must have been six years or something like that. I think I was uh, doing some ice climbing, and we were out back, and you know, you come in and just they're not warming up, and then the next month they're still not warming. Up, you know,
0: <laughs> luckily I've never had to deal with that. Yeah, luckily um, I've never had an issue with staying warm. Um, that's just I'm I'm like a furnace i don't sweat a lot but i'm like i usually stay pretty warm and it's like pretty minimal the amount of clothes that i have to wear to stay warm like um you know we're going on wednesday we leave this wednesday we're going to meet cove the pleasant bay for five days and so during the day i'll just wear a, a marina wool base layer like top and bottom and the shell that i have here this little arctic shell and gore-tex pants and that's my yeah i'm hmm. um, warm enough i want i want it to be as like if I'm not moving for two minutes, I'm freezing cold, so let's fucking move. Yeah. And then I'm like, right, that's my temperature's regulated, so I don't sweat right. at all during the day. And then I get to camp and I put on my big down jacket and nice and toasty in and my nice booties. And...
2: That was one thing about our, our trip as well. Uh, when we left, I I was wearing uh, merino long johns with swim trunks <laughs> over them, Yeah. the spray skirt, and then a like a good rain rain shell and and a wool or you know some kind of synthetic underneath the rain rain jacket and it just wasn't working at all like i was i was soaked and yeah. sweating and like getting really cold it's june 6th and it would be about like 10 degrees maybe
0: yeah it would, i would think that doing like a very light like uh neoprene suit or without chafe well,
2: yeah well we did that and yeah it's, it was chafing like
0: crazy oh, I, I had
1: i had a neoprene suit actually yeah, I had neoprene and then you ended up getting the dry suit. I so got I, a dry I, suit. I had a wetsuit yeah. and the problem with the wetsuit, I'll, I'll get to your, you get to your dry <laughs> suit. The problem with the wetsuit as we learned was, and I, I don't know if you wear a wetsuit that often, but to take it off, to take a piss. Oh, it's a pain in the ass. A pain in the ass. And so if you've got a wetsuit with shorts, with a spray <laughs> skirt, with this sort of <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, it takes so long. And at the time when we started you know, I had this big camelback, and I was just sucking it back. We were like, got to keep hydrated. Gotta keep. Anyway, we ended up having to go into shore. It must have been every, like, 45 minutes at one point in time uh, to take a piss. We started calling it Piss on the Island 2011.
2: Yeah, Piss on every shore.
1: Yeah, Piss <laughs> on every shore, yeah. Uh, because we were just, anyway, so at one point, I just had to say, yeah, no wetsuit. We're not going to do that anymore. And also, I'm not going to drink a ton of water. So, for these, like, long stretches, we wouldn't be drinking much water at all. I
0: thought you were going to say piss in your boat.
1: Well, <laughs> well, that happened, too. It, it, came, it came
0: to that, yeah. yeah. That's not I'd be doing. I'd to fuck it. It'd just be like wearing a wetsuit. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that there
3: was there. that was
2: off Homeville. We were, like, around <laughs> Dunkin' there. And I looked over at AJ. I was like, I'm not going to make it, man. I can't do it. And I was just like, I'm going.
0: AJ, I'm pissing. I'm
1: pissing, too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, so then we were warm for a little bit. And
3: then you're cold, sure. <laughs> then cold. Cold. cold, yeah.
2: Yeah, so yeah, by the time we got to Lewisburg, I had got my income tax. And <laughs> <laughs> I got my mother to order me a dry suit from Mac or somewhere
1: and got shipped shift to Lewisburg. And yeah,
2: then I was yeah. good. Like the dry suit was amazing. Yeah. So we
1: didn't make it until Lewisburg before we got a major gear shipment. And like they been yeah. in this amazing dry suit the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I could Irish have had schmuck. a
0: suit on
2: under it
1: and
3: like
0: yeah. you know. The the canvas ones, right? Just the little zip, like cross belly zip ones.
2: Yeah, mine was. I can't even remember. It's been a long time since so I put it, it on. I thought it was one that. Went yeah, right yeah, it's to across here. across the chest. Yeah. And it was not
1: was cheap. A, no, they know It was
0: twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just spent like four years,
2: two, two years. When's the last time we went diving? Two years
0: ago. I bought an Abyss one, neoprene one, mm. Kevlar, three grand. Used it once. It's my basement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. want a nice neoprene, if anybody listening wants a nice uh, <laughs> Kevlar extra large dry suit with steel toe boots, please let me know. Pockets <laughs> on the custom pockets, everything. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so if
1: anybody wants it. Awesome for paddling around could the be island. A good deal. Yeah, great. Oh, Jesus Christ. Steel toe boots. So oh, yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: nice steel toe boots. That's what We have to wear offshore. Normally, I was so used to for years wearing, because offshore, we usually wear hot water suits. So you just piss and it's just like pff, out, right? So you're. You just wear this constant flow of hot water through your suits and you're just going and then i went on a job this job in newfoundland and i bought the suit for it and we ended up doing this underwater painting which is the thing it was like a two-part epoxy resin where yeah, painting under just hanging fucking underneath an fpso this this oil tanker basically and um wow. oh it's a shitty
2: just so boring I it's not video. underwater oh yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, So it was like uh, the FPSO, it's a floating platform. It just looks like a tanker, but it has like a it's like a platform on a tanker, and it, it's connected by this turret, and it just kind of like rotates with the tides. And the turret the turret is anchored, and you've got all your pipelines from the seabed risers that come up. Right. And so Transport Canada required them to do like remedial work because they had some erosion on the on the hull mm-hmm. through like it was like a water outflow for like coolant or some shit. Anyways, we had to go there and like buff out this 10 meter by 10 meter section and then sit there with magnets hanging for like 45 minutes at a time and i'm not I, I mentioned this in like I think I mentioned it in another podcast, but it was with this uh, paintbrush, and the other guy had a brush, like the round brush, and he I'd pump out a bunch, he would grab it and then dab it, and we were there for weeks. <laughs> And so I, I got on that job, and I hadn't been wearing a dry suit in a while. First dive, get in the water, got to piss. What do I do? Piss in the dry suit. Oh yeah. And I just yeah. realized. I, go yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Fuck!" And this was the start of the yeah. start of the dive, so I couldn't get out. I was like, "I'm not going to pull out. I'm just going to stay here for like 45 <laughs> minutes and yeah. fucking freeze my ass off. And forget and, about it for a and while and get back." Yeah, that was a that was a rude awakening that one. So I wasn't yeah. used to wearing it, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a fun little. We got some stories from those days, but. Yeah, I told that before on this podcast, I think. And, you know, it's just one of those memorable stories because it was so stupid and so boring and so ridiculous, and it was cheaper to f- ship out like twenty divers from all around Canada and pay them like a ridiculous amount of money to be out on this right. boat than it was to send the fucking vessel to dry dock in the yeah. UK. Right. Yeah. So it was just like taking the piss the whole time. We just fucking right. fucked around and we
1: always thought. I always you know. thought that. I like, uh, underwater welders, that, that, that job was the craziest job I could, I could think of. Yeah. It was dangerous and all that's, that's why hard. I got into it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And then it was more or less the first day of school. Is was like, <laughs> I'm paint. this is not underwater welding. <laughs> this is commercial diving. The underwater welding, you'll never do it. It's kind of, I've done it. It's like, uh, you just use, you, know, you surface welding ground, just jump in the water and fucking weld away if you have the right rods. But, um, as long as you keep that ground, you don't get in between those, the ground and the lead. Hmm keep those currents yeah, not for, oh, me. yeah. <laughs> no, not for me and then your teeth are you're you uh, it's yeah you get there and you feel like the current and you're like you can feel it going down your arm if it's wet and your yeah, teeth are chattering and you're like oh, zzzz, yeah. zzzz, trying to weld fucking I shit on the boat i can't be good after <laughs> i hated years doing this years. it was stupid it was just a stupid but we just did construction work so it was pipelines putting pipelines and zero right. visibility so you're walking around in mud but it is what it is but now i'm back doing adventure stuff talking to you guys doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's much, what's fun about it. Much cooler. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's I would, you know, I would, um, yeah. If you guys were, had any interest in doing it, I'll just put it on the table. I'd be down to kind of look at it and doing it because I'd love to do it. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, we could do it. Like, I was thinking about it, you know, when you mentioned it was coming up to 10 year, I'm just like, that's where my brain goes. And I'm like, oh, how can we get this? You can fucking get it paid for, man. You can get the whole thing. Like, <laughs> that's how I think. I'm like, okay, well, this is a whole opportunity to do like a... Like you f- film it documentary tourism, that sort of shit, you pitch it you, you you like we're working on video projects where we're like building proposals for brands, yeah, and then you do it, you guys did it as a fundraiser right, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. it's
1: a lot different now too right like i even at the time, I remember being very sheepish about the idea of fundraising and so you know yeah me too
2: going door to door i know like guys, raising money for the burn camp that we didn't really know a whole lot about yeah and just two guys kayak going <laughs> yeah. on a kayaking trip that you, we were gonna do
1: for the fun of it anyway your band had done a fundraiser like you guys yeah. played that was where was that yeah. the hearthstone or something like that it was yeah yeah ben plays in a band
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we raised like 100 bucks or something I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so anyway we ended up raising it was uh about 2600 bucks and mm-hmm. They were absolutely grateful, uh, which was just, it was lovely. Like we went there, there was a ceremony afterwards and not just for us, it's for all the fundraisers. Yeah. And, um, you know, they got Ben and I up to the front and, you know, gave us a thank you and then we went off and then the guy had opened it up and found out that it raised 2600 and then they brought us back on the stage again <laughs> for a nice applause. So it felt. Because it was a lot. It, yeah. It was a lot more uh, than. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we, anyway, we felt like a million bucks. <laughs> yeah. But since that time, I keep thinking like, yeah, you know, knowing now, like, I wish I knew then what I know now yeah. about, you know, the channels to fundraise, like that it's okay to ask people for money, especially if it's for a good cause, right? Yeah. Cause all you're doing is connecting them with a a cause that they want to donate to. You're not, they're not giving money to you. They're giving money to that thing. Yeah, And you know, I've done work with DCBA now and stuff like that. And you just, you, you understand how much bigger you could make these things. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we had a, like we had a bit of a following. Um yeah, we just I, I thought it
2: was pretty big at the <laughs> CBC interviewed us. Yeah yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um so I think did Steve interview us in studio and then Wendy met us out on our way back. Um Wendy
2: didn't do it. It was it was another woman that oh, met us on the dock. Right. That's right. When yeah. you guys finished when, finished. when we finished, yeah. We had a nice little and like there was a crew of
1: people up. that, you know met us there and champagne saying, friend and
2: friends and of family champagne yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> colin, colin, colin Grant
1: showed up with his fiddle he was playing we had two friends that met us in the harbor and like paddle with us for the rest of the way darcy was filming it darcy was filming it. yeah
0: because it would be interesting it's, that's where my mind goes because i and i've had this conversation with again dave uh green him and i drove around like two years ago one winter and we were just hanging out and this first time we kind of like Second time we met and uh he was doing these exped he does like these fucking insane, like, you know, sixty day fucking expeditions and they mm-hmm. did across Labrador and like fifty days and like all this crazy stuff. And he was like, Okay, well, how can we fundraise? But it's kinda like we, we kinda hit it off because I like to do this stuff just for me, but then it does cost money. And in the end, like especially nowadays, all all these companies and brands and yeah. fucking tourism and whatever, they're they all like it's all about it's a content game now it's all about like showcasing and this is like showcasing what can be done around the islands like this could be just a whole fucking like you know destination people come here to do this trip in like a month
1: and like people did give us stuff so for one thing shout out to angelos (laughs) minnazala yeah (laughs) he he gave gave us us the kayak the the main sponsor so i ended up taking my the sirocco which was my boat that i guided in and uh it was the one that I was super comfortable with. It was actually the one that all the guides liked. But he was like, "Yeah, take that one."
2: And then and he gave me the the first kayak that I had ever <laughs> ridden. So I did not know.
1: Yeah. So Angelo was was uh, uh, great. And then we ended up getting um, uh, the paddling company or the paddle company Aquabound. Aquabound. So they're the rep locally. He ended up donating, you know, two paddles for us, which yep. was awesome still have mm-hmm. them. They're great. Carbon fiber. Yeah.
2: yeah. Shout out to Aquabound if they're still I don't, even yeah, a company. I don't, I don't think they
1: ever got their due. I don't think they no. got, got a good return <laughs> we, we on that meant, investment.
2: We meant to call them or yeah, write a that letter. Happen.
1: Um, so, yeah, no, um, it was good. People, like there was some food stuff and all that. So, and we had mm-hmm. friends that were, you know, they were kind of supporting us through the way. Yeah. Uh, close to was was Jason. Yeah. He's one of Ben's best buddies.
2: Yeah. He's the bass player in my band. He Met us, he drove his motorcycle from Sydney to, to Shetty Camp and met us there.
1: And <laughs> he did it twice because he met us in uh, Point Michelle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Did you go surfing, we no. didn't. <laughs> no, I mean, man, we were like let's surfing get, pretty much every day. Let's get out of the water <laughs> yeah. for a day,
3: yeah. yeah,
2: yeah.
1: No, so yeah, Jason would, um, on a Saturday because it happened both Saturdays. Um, Jason's great because he's got one of those like, um, uh, BMW tr- oh, the touring trails, is tra- yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, and so he would. We were using a spot locator, right? Yep. And I don't know if they still do this, yeah. but at the time, spot, you can you know, get it to send a signal. It, ping, it yeah. pings it every so often. And so mm. we had that map kind of set up with our page and Facebook and stuff. Website. Yeah, we had a, yeah, web- I a website. I built a website. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and people, there was people that followed that every day, right? They'd wake up and they'd be checking their news and whatever. And then they'd go and check out what we, where we were.
2: Which was really surprising. <laughs> to, yeah, we had I no idea until the end. I didn't think until, until would really end, yeah. care. But yeah, My friend it, it Katie felt was like,
1: really Yeah, good. I think Katie LeBlanc was like, Yeah, no, I, I followed you guys every day. Jeff Val. Yeah, J- Val. Jason, yeah, Val. Val. Jason um, so Jason on Saturdays, um, Jason would, uh, he'd wake up, he'd see where we are, you know, where we got pinged in the morning, and then he'd sort of like guess. Where, where we were going, going that day.
2: Where we day. were going to hit on the coast. And then he'd, you know. he hit he'd every pack, dirt road, you know, <laughs> going to the coast. he
1: some, pack some booze, pack some weed, get like food and all <laughs> that sort of, all the good accoutrements, get on the bike, and then he'd go. And uh, then once, <laughs> he, once he got mm-hmm. near it, then he'd start going all the, down these like driveways or dirt trails or whatever and look out on the water. And, you know, so both times he did it, he found us pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and one time we were in Point Michaud, and we'd arrived in Point Michaud,
2: that was the the end of our first leg, right It was point michel that was our our destination for that <laughs> yeah for that.
1: so we we got to Point michel and uh, we were doing our wire water trick, like we mentioned before, dumped out the water, and uh, we went up and we knocked down a couple of houses and i didn 't know actually but there's there, i think there's um like German tourists live a lot kind of close to that area, oh, probably Grand, Grand Myra and yeah. michelle and stuff, and so the houses were just empty, entirely empty. Mm-hmm. And we went to another one and knocked on the door. And this woman answered, and uh, she seemed really leery of us. Just like, why are these two bushy-looking well, motherfuckers Bushy-looking <laughs> guys in dry yeah, we look like we got spacesuits suit. on and stuff. And like, anyways, we're like, <laughs> uh, water bags, you know? Do you have uh, you know? We could we get some water? Maybe charge our phones, type of thing. And um, she was like, yeah, let me just okay. So she, I don't know if she let us in to start.
2: Yeah, she I think she she called to her husband. That's right. Who <laughs> get was Get the shotgun who was Kenny, my my <laughs> uncle's brother. Oh
0: no shit. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> and he came out and I was Kenny? Because I, I hadn't seen him in a long time like uh, not by mar- by marriage, yeah. uncle. Anyway, so he ended up putting us up in his beach house for They it. they had for this three days awesome down book. on the the beach in Point Show.
1: Yeah. So we're sitting in their living room and uh this is before we're kind of down to our little cottage we're sitting in the living room and we're having a nice chat probably a cup of tea or something and oh, you yeah. see this dirt bike just going down the path and this is like somebody's private property and it was jason <laughs> <And> he <laughs> Yeah, just, he just picked the right he just picked happened to pick the right and one man. and then you know ben went out and grabbed him and then we spent a night there two nights two nights yeah yeah
2: yeah because we took a break yeah, yeah it was, it was awesome
0: so like one was the Point show where was like
1: two
2: Leg two was craignish Craig
1: no yeah shed camp no shed camp yeah. yeah that's right so shed camp would have been the next full stop okay yep and then the last full stop is home right
2: yeah but shed camp was we stopped because of the storm.
3: Now, no we, we'd always mean to stop we'd there. always
1: planned to stop in Cheda camp oh, okay. what ended up happening was we stopped in Cheda camp so our friends we got to uh i guess it would be Terre noire yeah there's like a there's a cool little stop in terra noire if you're driving along the highway with I. a gazebo exactly yeah, yeah. and yeah. that you can kind of get down to the water there it's really weird and, yeah. and pretty sketchy but you can get down and uh we had our roommate at the time, Egan Baird, who's from Ontario. He came, he moved here. He's an engineer. He came here for made Celtic his own music. kayak. He he <laughs> made his own cedar strip kayak. Yeah. Uh, he's a beekeeper. Really he's a beekeeper back in Ontario now. Um, and we love him dearly, Miss Egan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Egan and our friend Kelly Krawczyk, they came and they met up with us, uh, in Terre Noire and wanted to paddle the into, last
2: little bit, yeah, just across the bay into and Shit a game.
1: And so like everything, whenever we get prepped to do something cool, the wind's kicked up. So that we get this like sweat wind
3: and kicked yeah. right. Yeah, it up. was
2: it was twenty degrees and calm when and then Egan boom. and Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Egan and his in his homemade kayaking Kelly, I don't know if she'd ever battled before or
1: no, she Well, got and bad. she hadn't. That was the whole thing with she had now Kelly's just like a superstar anyway. She's one of these people that you put her in any scenario and she'll end up figuring it out and doing well. Ben was a pro by this point in time, um, and I had been doing this for a number of years. And uh, Egan, though, the poor guy, because his, his kayak was so beautiful for, like, lake, like, calm lake kayaking and stuff. <laughs> it wasn't a sea kayak. It was just as smooth as can be. And so he was, like, incredibly tippy. And so we started kayaking from Terranwar into, um, uh, into Camp. And I think it's Terra Noir, by the way. Yeah, Okay. just want to make sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so we're kayaking in. This sweat comes up and... Egan he's just having a really hard time like there's no way he can keep this thing stable and he wants to be paddling back and we're like no no we're which at keep...
2: that point was as far yeah
1: we got to keep going to Like, go if, back you, if you go it was I, to make it if shape, you go yeah. back like you're, you're going in the water you yep. just got to keep going forward and he's like oh, I don't know man I think we got to go back I'm like well if you're going back you're going by yourself because we're going forward and uh and Kelly just she put the, her blinders on and was paddling through and Ben was kind of hanging out with her and so Egan and I we got up together and and so the four of us you know, we're paddling in, and everybody was doing Big really well. Big wind,
2: like eight to ten foot yeah. swells again. Like that yeah. was that was the other scary scary yeah. point of the trip.
1: Yeah, yeah, really. The you know of of kind of two scary yeah. points. So that was another one. We were sure somebody was going in at that point. We weren't sure that it was us, but it was like potentially somebody else was going in, and which like the could,
2: danger was just, just As yeah. soon yeah. as somebody goes
1: yeah. in, then you're all screwed. Yeah. Well, you're not screwed, but yeah, you've got to do a lot of work. Um, and so we. Get into the beach. Um, we get in that nice uh, nice beach there in Sheta camp, And we get out of the kayaks. We're kind of like joking around, kissing the ground type of thing. We're happy to be alive. And then look ooh, down.
3: Ooh, look, <laughs> look down the beach. <laughs>
1: and then Jason starts walking down like full motorcycle get up. You know? And, say, and hey guys.
2: we shacked up at his dad's place. We camped outside night. his
1: dad's place, night. yeah. And then Jason just bought us round after round after round of uh, rum and cokes at, oh, man, at my uh, favorite at oh, Yeah, yeah. We
3: got the
0: old tavern
1: smashed.
0: <laughs> there we go. What are the biggest um, before we? What are we rolling up to? We're getting an hour on now. But um, before we uh, we we close this out, what's the biggest takeaways of the trip that you wish? So you wish it would have known before you did the trip. I don't
2: know.
1: Stumped. i think there was there was something yeah. that there was something that really surprised me i guess yeah we had planned for this big expedition where we were going to camp out every night and we were going to get food drops and we we're gonna to have to eat our kind of shitty prepped food and all that stuff
2: yeah like buried in holes on the beach like picking yeah. it up that kind of roughing it
1: and you know this this island is just littered with wonderful communities all around the whole island and there's amazing people of course everywhere and so what ended up happening was we, you know, we were planning this like quote unquote expedition, this wilderness thing. And what it ended up being was us like visiting communities, communities yeah. and people and like making friends all. There was a, a, a father and son in Craignish mm-hmm. who, you know, as soon as we told him what we were doing, he gave us some money. And then they met us down at the beach later on and yeah, brought, brought some us some beer, beer and stuff. And like, yeah. you <laughs> know, we met a guy in the Doryman uh and when we were at the doorman and we were you know drink, drinking as they're we saying and met him outside oh, yeah. and we got to talking and he said oh, you're two fucking kayakers <laughs> <laughs> and we were like <laughs> yeah yep he said you put your kayaks on my lawn and we are like what he said when you guys arrived in dominion and you went <laughs> with your friend kenny kenny told you to put your boats over on this property that was my property. I'm Alan Puri, I think it is. Uh, yeah, Alan Puri, And he just happened to be at the Doryman on the, the night that we were there <laughs> while we were still on the trip, right? So just like stuff like that happened the whole time.
0: So you can get real philosophical about that one.
1: Cape Breton is yeah. amazing. You know what I mean? There's it's like just amazing.
0: So many different like things that happen along the way that, that you're just like there's not a coincidence. This is, that's how I look at things. Um, it's not a coincidence. This is where we were supposed to be in that one moment.
1: That's it. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So
0: that's how I look at a lot of things. It's kind of like when that shit happens, you're going in the right way. If
1: the trip had been shifted a day or two in either direction, that stuff wouldn't have happened. But other amazing stuff would have happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is an amazing place. The people are incredible. You just got to put yourself in a position to go out and, and, and meet it.
0: See, there's part of your story right there. Yeah. There's the story.
2: Yeah, do it in June when the fishermen are out. <laughs> it won't be this June. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Say it's not not happening this June.
1: I'm curious. Do you do you have something that like you really took away from it?
2: Um, I don't know. On a on a deep level like that, I was I was totally blown away. You know those two dangerous spots they really stick out in my head. But the the north, like from yeah. Pollitt's Cove to Meat Cove, yeah, was like the
3: coastline and everything.
2: Uh, yeah, just. Ocean, mountains, and, yeah, you know, archways. The, the, it was just beautiful. Waterfalls falling into the ocean, yeah, mountains. It's, it's kind of like totally
0: the incredible. last. It's like the last um, real backcountry, backcountry that's yeah. around. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, you mentioned the the hike from Pollitt's Cove to Miko. I will, I've always wanted to do that. that
0: yeah, the amazing. um, like they're 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 from what yeah. I hear is that the so the seawall trail. Yeah, yeah. So, excuse me, I'm just burping here for a moment. Oh, my God. It's I usually do it. big spruce. Exactly. Shout out to the big spruce for burpy beer. <laughs> Shout out to
1: Jeremy <laughs> for the burps.
0: Um, yeah, that's like the – they're getting close to being greenlit uh, from what I've been hearing from a lot oh, of other that's people. Good. that's good. So, it's a long slog. So if you're wanting to do it – I don't know I, anything about so that. Okay, maybe. so like uh, they proposed the Seawall Trail multi-day hut-to-hut hiking trail. So oh, okay. Meekove, Pleasant Bay with another trailhead over Aspie at the bottom of North Mountain. Oh, sweet. are so going to come up around um, – and so they kind of go around the back end of Paul's Cove and then you hook onto the trail and then go in and then you can keep going out the Pleasant Bay or Red River um, mm-hmm. park lot, the the entrance to the Paul's Cove Trail. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like a paid you got to stay in the hut. It's a wilderness area so it's like uh, Marguerite's got one, you get them all over Nova Scotia but they're not a park, they're not kind of crown land, they're kind of like a middle ground, they're accessible to people, the public to use and hike through and do whatever um, but from what it's been described to me is that there's like uh regulations along with these. So that stipulate that, you know, a commercial business can't operate in those areas, but then there's another clause and this could be completely wrong. This is how it's been described to me that there's like another section that says you can, but with a permit, but mm-hmm. then there's nobody here to permanent Nova Scotia. Right. So it's right. kind of like this weird contradictory stuff. And so what's happening is we that over- do it. Well, the, <laughs> yeah, I know. So people have been doing it. Yeah. But, um, the seawall's kind of like done a lot of studies. The, the group that's trying to build the seawall trail about what it can do to the area, based off of um, I think they're using the dog hiking system in Tasmania. I think as like the yeah the study against it's it. Like Gavin it's
1: Andrews and Dave Williams and like there's some people. Yeah, the and then
0: before. um um uh, oh my god, I can't remember
1: see there's like there, there's some like young bucks that are doing it now. There's a like bunch Taylor of them. Morrison and stuff. Oh Taylor yeah, Ta- yeah, yeah, it.
0: yeah. So Taylor was Taylor and all them did An it. Absolute uh, beast. Sky and uh, Davey and Sky did like the ten right. day one. Um Yeah, Dave was gonna. He, was, boy, he has a bunch of drive for some free meals at my place. He was picking up today, but I was hoping he was gonna come on. I think they're going to Pawlisco tomorrow, but um I was hoping he was gonna come on this trip with us on Wednesday. But but yeah, so I don't know how it's gonna ha- how it's gonna work when the Seaball Trail happens and they build those huts, whether or not you have to, by law, use their trail systems or you don't, but I don't—I I just don't know how it's going to work. So that's probably going to be worked out in all the regulations. So if you're wanting to kind of do the, you know, do it the way you want to do it within the next couple of years is probably the best time to do it. Mm. But I mean, really, how, how are you going to monitor people just going in there anyways and just doing whatever the fuck yeah, they want to do?
2: there's not going to be any guards no, you can have, like, what
0: they're doing is, like, they, they think, like, 2,000 people a year paying 50 bucks a night to stay in the hut. So you can pay to stay in their, their huts. It'd be, like, 11, I think 11, 14 kilometers are each leg. And it kind of does the lowland cove loop, and then you kind of come back around. And the, the, the route is um, the more difficult, like, coastal route is what it's been. It's, like fucking hard Then they're not blazing trails it's just going to be upcat by people using the trail mm-hmm. oh really yeah so there's not going to be there'll probably be markers here and there i would assume but for the most part it's not going to be like we're cutting a specific trail in oh great yeah so that's what they figure that's like the trails will be maintained just by people utilizing the trails and it's a little more difficult so this one we're going on next week is literally like up the top of the mountain ride the barrens into paul's cove down dip down up top of the mountains out yeah. It's going to be climbing a mountain is the worst part.
2: Yeah. Uh, that sounds great though.
3: Yeah. It sounds <laughs> yeah. super fun. It's
0: like getting in the suck. That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, getting yeah exactly. In, getting in where you like, it's just like one foot in front of the other. I don't know. This last week was pretty that's, fun.
1: That's the thing. You know, we're mm-hmm. talking about paddling, right? And, and, and hiking and doing these sort of like endurance adventure sport pieces. And the zone that you get into from putting one foot in front of the other, or for in our case, just like one paddle stroke, then the next paddle stroke. And the you know the mental space that you need to put yourself in to do that thing, yeah, what you get on the other side is just you appreciate it so much more, uh, oh, right? yeah, 100%. just everything is just infinitely better. it makes you come alive.
0: Yeah, but it's all and it's also like an addictive drug that you're like, fuck, I want to do something crazier.
2: It's like, okay,
0: yeah, we're talking about <laughs> it now. I want to, yeah, no, I do it
1: again. It's been it, a while.
0: I know, yeah. but uh, and it's been something that I wanted to do. So I was just gonna like throw it out there, and then we can go from there. But yeah, I'd be love to be involved and do it again, and plan it, cause Let's run there, some
1: rivers too. That'd be fun.
0: So we had a thing planned for this June. So uh, I'm going through a bunch of shit right now, so I'm trying to figure out whether or not we're going to do it or not. The June we were going to do, and we, I mean, myself. I think Jeremy Smith is going to do it if he can get time off. He's fishing. Um, my brother, my buddy Mac, who does most of these trips with me, um, and a couple other people. We have a couple companies on board uh, to sponsor it. It's supposed to be this like video thing project, but we're going to get dropped off the headwaters of Marguerite and then just go up. There's like the three pools or whatever it's fucking called way at the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bushwhack all the way down the mountain, get in, camp, paddle out, and we'll do it in June. It's called the strawberry run. It's like the fishing run. So it's like when the strawberries are blooming. Yeah. So we'll do like maybe five days, six days. Yeah. So basically come down, go top, top, basically to where the park's at, go down to the river, start paddling down, um, stop, do um Rocky Brook Falls, come down, camp where we usually camp and we go into Second Forks, go into Second Forks Falls, and then continue down. And once we hit that big interval bridge, you're out of the estuary, then start. It's a fly fishing season. Mm. Try to run it. Uh, the strawberry run, that's what we're calling it. So, Amazing. we're in the middle of like building out the proposals for people now. And, and uh, so if you're listening to this and you want to sponsor it, let us know. <laughs> no, we have we have a couple people, uh, a couple companies in, uh, interested in doing it and, and are down for doing it. It's just uh, I just going through a bunch of stuff with with my place and trying to figure out what we're doing this year and focus, but um, yeah, that sounds awesome. But that's the fun, it's, it's like stuff, stuff that I've wanted to do f- since I was a kid tubing and paddling down the river and swimming on the river and shit but it's like at the point now where you can build out these projects and you're offering something that like like this paddle around the 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 island you're offering something that companies want to be seen doing so you have something to offer and that's all it's just a value exchange yeah so it's trying to figure out what value you can offer uh different brands and stuff so like we you know approaching food brands and about stove companies and like stuff gear that we usually use we kid out ourselves and we that's i you like msr stuff and mm. trying to figure out a good merge with different mm. companies i mean it's always a conversation it could just be parts and gear and whatever but it's just fun that that like talking to people that do it for a living and like i'm yeah. like fuck yeah. we can do it here not yeah. on the scale you're doing it but you can definitely do it and get things paid and do the fun shit and try to leverage doing.
1: And I think importantly, like just different, right? You're right. It's not on the scale or maybe it's not as extreme, but what's here in Cape Breton is interesting in its own, right? Yeah. You know, unique. and there's exactly, there's there's, like, no- there's a wealth of history and culture here. And, oh, it's and crazy. Like there's all yeah. of those things that you tap into that become a much more enriched experience than just if you, you know, if you happen to go to some place and they have, you know, an adventure biking root and whatever you know like but here this is this is Mi'kmaq territory you know Gales have lived here for ages Acadians have lived here for ages we have people from all over that are are, are coming from India and China and came here from Poland Ukraine like this place is awesome
0: yeah right yeah and there's like a deep history what I and I'm I will go too far because it's another rabbit hole. But like <laughs> Paul's Cove, right? So the community that formed in there, the people that settled in there, they used to. It used to be a summer spot, from what I'm being, what I'm being told. From we took basically um, a friend of mine who's a prophet, Smew, she came in doing some studies in there. and We went in for a hike and checking out the old settlements in there. And her, she did a lot of research into it and reading books up about the communities that used to live there, and the families that used to live there, mm. and the Mi'kmaq used to come there in the summer. I think it was the summertime. Yeah, it was like the summertime. They migrate over North Mountain and in through there, and that would be their summer spot. When these people, the Scots, were settling there, and then mm. they fucking there was like a canning facility in Pauls Cove. Yeah, it's like crazy. Yeah. A what?
2: a canning, canning facility.
1: Yeah, they they had, had a post office. A
2: post office. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's nothing that is just hills. No, there's a picture know. that my Some friend was showing rock me. Foundation.
0: The bottom of the main hill when you come in, there was like the building. There was like a house right at the bottom. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But like all that sort of stuff, it's like history that I didn't even know until the last couple of years. And then we we went out on this trip and we went out to look at the foundations and all that sort of stuff out there. And and um, and um, she was saying, oh, yeah, in her research, talking about all like how they used to trade with the Mi'kmaq people and like how of itself was like heaven. It was like, you know, the river or the brook that's there used to flow with salmon and there was fucking deer everywhere. <laughs> and
2: it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's a paradise
2: yeah like it still that. is Yeah, maybe yeah. not to that point I haven't <laughs> seen a salmon in that brook but <laughs> no yeah.
0: but uh, yeah man okay cool we'll, well, we'll wrap this up hour and 15 I think we're good Sweet. thank you guys for uh, fun, yeah. Yeah. let thanks me great, do it, it the chat. and getting you fired up for doing another trip totally yeah, I was sure. just
1: looking at Ben's <laughs> journal here and like oh jelly bioluminescent jellies yeah that was in Chetta Camp too like there's so much any page I'm sure you look at that and there was something rad so go paddle it go paddle Cape Breton it's yeah. not that hard. It's pretty hard. Yeah, so It's but not that, that hard. It depends
0: yeah. on the day. Nothing's that yeah. hard. It's just yeah. all the way you think about it. You can
1: it. do like a 20-kilometer day or you can do a 60.
2: 56.
1: Wasn't it 67? Uh, oh, maybe. Well, the book will tell us. Anyway, but yeah, you, <laughs> you can have a big day. You can have, have a small day. So.
0: Okay, excellent. Right, man. Thanks awesome, man. man. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Right, cheers. Fun.